Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw. Today we're talking about one of the more heavily requested animals from you listeners, the moose. This encounter occurred up in Alaska, and involves a couple of women out on a walk with a dog. There's some foreshadowing for you. The story's coming in just a second, but again, we want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's subscribed to our Patreon. We'll shout you all out by name at the end of the episode. Just to get it out there again, joining our Patreon means that depending on the tier you sign up for, you'll get early access to our episodes, get access to our special Patreon-only mini-episodes that we put out on the off week when our regular episodes don't get posted, which the plan for now is every other week, and you'll get some cool merchandise that we've had some professional help designing. So yeah, every cent that you send our way goes back into making the podcast better and better, and so many of you have already decided to support us that we can see some really cool stuff happening for the show in the near future. You can find where to join the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash tooth and claw podcast. And if you can't join now, don't worry, since our main episodes are still going to be released everywhere for free. Thank you again. All right, let's get to Wes talking about a moose attack. All right, tooth and claw, we're back. We're here again. We're just doing this again, you know? Uh, How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm Uh, a little tired. I had a flat tire today, and how I long found did, out... How long did it take you? To <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> I found out, like, with my car, my jack doesn't go high enough to replace a tire. Yeah. So I just had to figure a bunch of things out. Yeah. And it was, like, a super nice day today. When I was changing my tire, it was a full blizzard yeah. until I got the tire on, and then it was nice Just again. one of those days. Yeah. You know? A lot of people sent us a story... Um, that I had seen that was about a woman who went into an outhouse in Alaska and as she like right as she sat down on the outhouse uh, a bear I'm pretty sure it was a black bear bit her on her butt and she like had to run out of the outhouse so it was down in the pit in the okay yeah which isn't like totally unheard of for bears my my advisor Tom Tom Smith had told me some stories from Alaska where he knew of bears getting into pit toilets. And then I know in Glacier National Park in the backcountry pit toilets, sometimes they get in there too. I don't know if it's like just a scent thing or they're actually like eating some turds in there, but they sometimes <laughs> just like to get in there. So. You think maybe it scrawled on the wall like a time to meet up like <laughs> truckers do at gas stations? Metallica. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, would you guys rather... I, I went on a date with a girl <laughs> and she was telling me that... I forget where she is even from, but she was saying that there was like a problem with people going in outhouses to take pictures of people when they were like like going to go. Yeah. Oh, there go down in the hole. Yeah, I don't even know if I believe it. You got to be pretty desperate. That's like pretty. Yeah. Well, also like it would just be like like a butt. It'd be the worst picture. Dark butt contest or anything. (laughs) Well, I don't think this bear was in there to take photos. Um, <laughs> my question for you guys is: Would you rather would you rather sit on a toilet and get bit by a big old spider or by a bear? Oh, spider! What? No, are you kidding me? I'd rather spiders' get by mouths a, are like a hundred million times smaller. It'd I think I'd rather. Spider. I think I'd rather no. get by the bear. Why? It's a better story and it's just oh, more come interesting. On. And then also, the reason I say that is when I was a kid, I watched Arachnophobia like way too young. Okay. And there's a scene where the spider like kind of crawls under the toilet seat and it like really freaked me out. And I like hovered over the toilet seat for years after that. And I've just always had a fear of like getting bit by a spider on a toilet seat. Okay, better question. Let's throw it up on Pi- the poll. Python, 
Python biting your wiener. Ween. Or a bear biting bear. your butt. Bear. Okay. Bear. I yeah. Bear. I think so. Okay. You guys are right. The spider question, I'm probably the only person. <laughs> no, we should make it a poll, though, on Instagram. <laughs> All right. We'll see how the, the Vox populi. I, I kind of get where you're coming from with the story aspect of it. Yeah. But, like, you just don't want to ever get bit by a bear without clothing. To... <laughs> I kind of, it kind of, though, like getting bit on the butt really quick and then running out. It'd be a good spot to get bit. Yeah. If you're going to get bit, why not? You're going to have butt? a cool scar you can show people. You're going to show people your scar on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a bear scar on your butt, you wouldn't be showing your butt all the Probably time. Probably, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so so that's our story. <laughs> thanks it. for yeah, this. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. We'll talk to you later. No, okay. So we are going to talk about moose. This is an animal that I think the three of us have had some experience with. I know me and Jeff have. Mike, have you seen many moose? I've seen exactly one. Okay. I've seen hundreds of moose, and I think Jeff has too. They are a pretty unpredictable animal. They're an animal that a lot of people recommended for the podcast. They're one that we kind of always had the idea of doing um, because they do really cause a lot of trouble. Something, (laughs) yeah, they're troublemakers. Something to talk about, though, and this is something I've been wanting to bring up, the animal attacks, and again, on this podcast, we're talking about attacks, but it's almost always the person doing something wrong and the animal reacting to the person. We're not trying to villainize any of these animals or demonize them or anything. We're just trying to help you guys know how to recreate safely. But animal attacks can fall into a few different categories. And I think those categories are you have like a defensive attack where, for example, like the grizzly bear episode from a few weeks ago where they just bumped into a grizzly with cubs and she decided to neutralize a threat and and defend her cubs. You have an aggressive attack where an animal is like pissed off at you and it's trying to, again, neutralize a threat, but it's like mad at you. It's not necessarily like defending itself. And then you have a predatory attack where it's trying to feed on you. So the attack, in quotation marks, that we're going to talk about today is more of a defensive moose attack. But with moose, you really can get either aggressive or defensive attacks. And if you're dealing with a bull moose that attacks you, it's a good chance it's an aggressive attack and it's going to be during the rut in the fall when they're really super juiced up right they want to have sex yeah that's what i've heard is sex time is when they want to kill people yeah their hormones are like full-on think of like a dude that's just jacked up on testosterone that's what a bull moose in the rut is like and then the other most common is a female moose when she has a really young calf and she's defending it so i've been charged like full-on charged twice by moose and that both times it was females with calves and then once and Jeff has had this happen to him too. I was pinched between two groups of people and a moose didn't know what to do and ran right by me and almost trampled me. And that was more of just like a moose trying to get out of the way. Okay, because of the first time I was charged by a moose, I've always been pretty terrified of them. And I always told people like, I would rather run into an angry grizzly than an angry moose. I backtracked on that. I don't feel that way anymore. (laughs) What would you rather have bite you on the butt? In a porta potty, though. Uh, a moose or a grizzly. Probably bear. a grizzly, just so I can show off the scar. Uh, but they are a real threat, and you do have to be careful of moose when you're in any place where moose live. Yeah, they're just so big. Like, I mean, I know that bigger animals just get more confidence about a threat, you know? Yeah, they just, I mean, they don't really have many things that kill them, and they know that we're smaller than them, and they're just mean as hell. 
Okay, so one place where you can really see a lot of moose is Alaska. And Anchorage, even the main, you know, the main city in Alaska, it's not the capital, but it's the biggest city there. Even just in downtown Anchorage, you can see moose. The first time I ever went to Anchorage, I'd just gone off the plane and I was with this other guy and we were doing, we were heading up to do polar bear work in the northernmost part of Alaska. And as we were driving out of the airport, he was like, I hope we see a moose. And I turned and looked and I was like, there's one. And like literally within <laughs> two minutes of getting out of the airport, we saw a moose on the side of the road. So there's a lot of moose in Anchorage. Alaskans are fairly used to them. They see them a lot. We're going to talk about two women who um, went on a hike in Kincaid Park. So Kincaid Park is a 1,500-acre park. It's a really big park, and it's located right near the Anchorage airport. So if you've ever flown into Anchorage, the airport's like kind of out on this little, almost like a peninsula, and the rest of that peninsula is this park. So it's pretty wild. There's lots of trails. There's lots of outdoor activities. Um, and it's also a place where people go to, like, you just sit in the grass and these huge cargo planes fly over you and they're like super loud. It's just like a dumb Alaskan thing to do, but it's really fun, actually. The Wayne's World thing. Yeah, I've gone there and like sat there and, and let the planes fly over and it's fun. So in late May 2016, Catherine Dwinnell and Melanie Sandstrom were walking uh, late Friday afternoon in this Kincaid Park. Uh, it's technically airport land where they were walking, but they're just, they're just, rest, uh, just west of a runway but they were still right next to the park. Catherine was throwing a Frisbee for her dog, Molney, who was a blue healer. And she's wearing like some biking gloves because Molney would like slobber all over her hands. So she wore these gloves, I guess. And that kind of comes into play later. That's why I'm bringing it up. So right, right around 1 p.m. on that Friday, um, they're walking on this trail and a huge FedEx jet flies over them. And as Melanie raises her hands to cover her ears to drown out some of the noise of this big jet, she makes eye contact with a moose that's like 10 feet away in some alders. And she raises her hand and she sees this moose. And again, they're pretty used to seeing moose. Both of them had seen probably hundreds, if not thousands of moose in their lifetime. But this one looked really agitated and she immediately knew that something was off about this moose. Okay, so a little bit more about moose. So moose are the largest deer species in the world. Bull moose have antlers, they're not horns. Can either of you guys tell me the difference between antlers and horns? No. Horns, horns they don't shed. Right. Antlers shed like every, is it every year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So antlers shed every year. Antlers are bone. Um, they're like, they grow out of their skull. They're oh. bone, but they shed them every year. There's certain things that can happen that stop them from shedding, and sometimes immature bulls don't shed them. But a mature bull moose is going to shed its antlers every year horns have like a bone inner part but then there's like almost like a fingernail substance that grows around them and that's like a big sheep. horn sheep do they have horns or they have horns so mm. they keep their horns yeah that's why huh. it's big horn and that's why they get so big and curly because <laughs> yeah, they just keep going yep big horn good job uh, <laughs> so bull moose have antlers uh they can grow to be six feet across their antlers so they can be really huge uh they oh, do that's like a tiny bit bigger than me yeah that's like if you were to lay out flat that's how big their antlers That's can huge. get across. They shed them in the winter. They regrow them in the spring. A really crazy thing is it only takes them three to five months to grow their antlers. So that's like one of the fastest growing organs in parentheses of any mammal. Um, one interesting thing I learned is if a bull moose is castrated, like either accidentally or if someone like chemically castrates a moose for whatever reason, they'll shed the set of antlers that they have. They'll grow a new set that's like misshapen and weird. 
and then they wear that set the rest of their lives. They never shed again. Whoa. And um, I guess those kind of weird-looking antlers are have been called like devil's antlers, and there's like the source of a bunch of myths in different Native American cultures and Inuit cultures. So if you cut off a moose's balls, that's what's going to happen. So don't do it. It's pretty mean. Yeah. Um, okay. No, that's yeah. a that's another reason to put on the not. list of not to do that. To <laughs> moose. Male moose average around 1,100 pounds. Females are about 700. There's quite a bit of range in there, though. The largest confirmed, That's huge. yeah, the largest confirmed moose that has been killed is eighteen hundred pounds. What? And it was almost eight feet at its shoulder. Oh my gosh! So like their head is higher than that, and the <laughs> shoulder incredible. is eight feet. It's so a big they're animal. like mo- bigger than most bears. Yeah, I mean a polar bear can get that big, but they're bigger than most bears. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they have this like thing that hangs under their chin. It's called a dewlap. They're not really sure what that's for. Some of them think it's for like males to show off to females. Some of them think it's a scent thing. Biologists don't really seem to be positive what it's for. It's um, same in turkeys, right? I don't. I, with turkeys, I think it's called something else. But um, a dongle. Yeah, maybe a dongle. <laughs> <I'm not> sure. <laughs> uh, they eat lots of forbs and plants and stuff. They're browsers, not grazers. Grazers are eating grass. Browsers are eating like branches and leaves and stuff. And then you see them around water a lot because they have to eat plants in water to get the sodium necessary for their bodies. And I guess like aquatic plants have a lot of sodium in it. So they're constantly in water eating all those sodium-rich plants to balance out the other plants that don't have any sodium in them. So that's why you Mm, constantly see moose in like lakes and ponds and around water. It makes them very photogenic. Because they're always in like really pretty lakes and rivers and yeah, and there's definitely like when we're driving, we'll look. You'll see like willows and water, and it's like, ooh, that's good moose country. Yeah, and then you see moose in there. If you know what kind of areas they hang out in, it makes it a lot easier to see. They can eat up to seventy pounds of food per day. This is a really cool fact. How much can that one Japanese guy eat? The it's like ten the pounds Kobayashi, of pasta Kobayashi that eats the hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. the hot dog guy. I don't know. I haven't thought about. I think Kobayashi he eat like ten Joey pounds of pasta. Better than that guy, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but okay. keep going. Uh, one really cool fact I learned is that they're the only deer species that can feed totally underwater. So, like moose will actually dive. That moose have been clocked at diving eighteen feet underwater. Whoa. To get plants to eat, and they eat while yeah, they're diving, and they can close their nostrils off and go down and eat underwater. Oh, that's cool. And be down for like thirty seconds. So that's pretty cool. You know, we'll get into some other things, but something that's important to learn is um, they're nearsighted, so they're not really good at seeing things far away. Some biologists think that's why they're so cranky, is they kind of just have to treat everything like a threat because they have a hard time knowing what's what. And moose attacks, as we mentioned, are more common in late spring when calves or when cows have calves and in the fall when the males are all juiced up on, on hormones. Okay, so these women were walking in the spring. It was during a time when calves have just been born, and they had probably just surprised a female that had a calf. We don't know if she had a calf. They don't ever see it during this interaction, but it's very likely that she did based on the way she acted. So Melanie, who is a school teacher in Anchorage, suddenly just has her vision completely obscured by this moose's body. It just completely checks itself into her. She thought that she'd got hit by a truck, which is a common theme. I feel like we've had a few yeah. stories now where Trucks. everyone's like, I felt like I got hit by a truck. I feel like yeah. these people haven't ever gotten hit by a truck because I, the difference would probably be pretty stark. Yeah. You don't think if they got hit by a truck, she'd be like, I 
felt like I got hit by a moose. Right. <laughs> I don't think you would equate that. But to... so that I actually thought about this a bit while I was doing this research. We're around cars and trucks all the time. Yeah. So I think when something just hits a person unexpectedly, that's just where your brain goes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that it's and just it's a not... conditioning too. When suddenly you're just like bowled over completely yeah. by something, it's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I just got hit by a truck. Anyway, Catherine, the other woman there, she hadn't even seen the moose yet. And she got hit from behind and just completely knocked over. And she was a pilot, and she thought that one of these planes that had just flown over them had dropped its landing gear. (laughs) And she'd been hit by landing gear. Hit by a plane. So both of them have no idea what the hell's going on. But within (laughs) seconds, they realize, like, oh, we got hit by a moose, and we're being trampled by a moose. And it starts to kick and stomp on them. So when a female moose attacks someone and are trying to, like, defend their calf... What they often do is the, when the person goes down, they just start stomping on them. Like you'll see these videos and they do like a little dance on the person and they're just stomping and stomping and stomping. And again, this is an animal that weighs, you know, they can be up to like over a thousand pounds, the females. And that's a lot of weight. Just doing the river dance on yeah, someone's exactly. head. That would, <laughs> yeah. uh. How big are their, their hooves are probably Their hooves like are huge. Basketball yeah. sized. They're yeah. big. I mean, they're not basketball size, but they're <laughs> Bowling big. ball? What kind of ball are we talking? I would say like... A golf uh, ball? Is it similar to a horse? They're bigger than a horse hoof. Really? Yeah. Okay. So this is like, I'm holding my hands up. It's probably the size of like like a really big grapefruit. <laughs> we're doing an <laughs> awful job explaining how big this size is that I'm trying to show you. <laughs> you were anyway. doing hand signals on a podcast. I know, so. but I was trying to get you guys to explain how big it was. <laughs> I gave you plenty of... You guys are just going to look up moose hooves if you want. Okay, so both these women are getting kicked and stomped by this moose. Uh, they both curl up into the fetal position, which at that point is the right thing to do. Um, and they're feeling the hooves strike their arms, their legs, their backs, their butts. And Melanie remembers thinking, so like, this is what it feels like to die. So she thinks she's going to die, which is a possibility. Like they have killed people. So there really are, I mean, we talk about this a lot on this podcast. There's some animals that you really have like a fighting chance to fight back against. And you read these stories of people getting attacked by those like Shannon Parker, our mountain lion victim. She, you know, had this urge to survive and like fought back. And that's not really something you can do with the moose. They're so big that it's more of just like a go in a fetal position and hope that it doesn't decide to kill you. And so I think that's why Melanie was kind of like, well, I might die. You know, this might kill me. So both women are in the fetal position. They're protecting their heads. The moose is just stomping the absolute hell out of them. When Molney, the dog, decides to kind of get in there but as soon as Molni charges in Catherine yells for Molni to leave she's like get out of here Molni and Molni runs off there's a good chance that that dog's what triggered the attack in the first place moose mm. hate dogs mm. it's one animal where having a dog with you really ups your chances of having an incident is that the dog runs up barks at the moose moose gets pissed off at the dog chases it the dog runs back to the owner and then the moose mm, stomps you too yeah, and that is a very likely what happened here. You think that's a better rivalry than dogs versus cats? Uh, dogs versus moose? Yeah. I, You know, it's probably not as classic. Or maybe like one. elephants and mice. That's yeah. kind of a... Those are the big three, I would say. <laughs> that's the big three. Yeah. I don't think dogs see enough moose to be <laughs> in the big three. I don't think They're elephants in... see enough mice either. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. They probably see a lot of mice. Yeah. Um, so the attack continued for what was probably just minutes but for these women it felt like a lifetime and then suddenly it stops uh in this in this sudden silence that happens they look at each other 
they kind of crawl closer to each other to where they're within an arm's reach of each other. And then suddenly they hear snorting and the moose comes back and starts stomping them again. Round two. Yeah, a hoof uh, strikes Melanie in her head. She kind of goes a little fuzzy for a while. They both get stomped on their backs a bit more, and then suddenly she takes off again. So the women were silent for a few minutes, and then they finally ask each other if they're okay, and they crawl towards each other again. Melanie looks down, and she sees that she has a huge gash on her leg, and she can see like exposed muscle Ugh. of her thigh. Um, and she tries to use those gloves that we brought up earlier, the biking gloves to like cover, somehow use a glove to like cover this gash. Uh, which doesn't work. Okay. Like to soak up the bleeding? <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. I just read, this is a, mostly this is from like a, an Alaska. Like it's better than doing nothing probably. Yeah. This is from a article in the Anchorage Daily News. Okay. And that's where I got most of this information. Um, rather than do that, Catherine's ends up taking off like her sports bra and they tie that around it with a shoelace mm-hmm. and that managed to hold in more of the bleeding. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, they didn't want to stay in the area any longer, but Catherine's prescription sunglasses had broke and she could hardly see. Uh, mm. But then they both, and they're both like all cut up and banged up, and but they really realized they have to get out of there. So they got back up and they hobbled away. But they were missing Molny. Molny wasn't anywhere to be seen, the dog. Oh, no. So they hobble down the, the trail and not too far from them, they stumble into some more park visitors. And luckily for them... Uh, in those park visitors, there was a doctor and a nurse. Wow. Yeah, like really lucky coincidence. They really helped them. They treated them. They laid them down. They made them really comfortable. And someone calls 911. And the person that called 911, it was at like 2.15. So it's been about an hour since they first had this run-in with the, the moose. They call 911. The paramedics show up. But these women were right at the halfway point of both of the trailheads on this trail that they're on. So they didn't really know which was the better way to go in. And then they finally, like, decide, the paramedics decide to drive an SUV in to get them. And the SUV gets to, like, a point where they're at a bridge. And they, like, didn't want to drive it over this bridge because they were worried the bridge was going to collapse. So they drive the SUV back. And then they, like, found an ATV and drove the ATV in. And then finally they, like, get to these women. So it took, like, an hour and they're on like an what? airfield pretty much. And it takes an hour for the paramedics to come in and help them. And the article like went into more of the factors that, you know, were behind that. And I'm sure it was this whole mess, but still that's too long. Uh, someone can bleed out in that much time. Yeah. Uh, but I'm being, I'm like, I'm sure these people are doing their best, Yeah. but still. Anyway, in the hospital, the doctors discover that Catherine's lung lining was punctured uh, and she had broken bones in her wrist. Ouch. <laughs> Melanie had cracked ribs and a deep laceration on her butt and leg. Both women had huge purple bruises all over their bodies, and the nurses attending them said they could see the hoof prints all over their backs. So they could see these actual, like, prints from the moose. And, you know, we can talk about how big those are. <laughs> yeah, that's, what I, that's where my <laughs> mind went. <laughs> <laughs> They're about the size of, like, three chocolate chip cookies, maybe four. Uh, <laughs> So, Molni, the dog, is still missing. Uh, Catherine, they both recover, Catherine and Melanie. Catherine goes out, puts flyers all over town. Like, she goes back to the area where they lost the dog, and she, like, puts the dog's bed and, like, a bowl of food out, which was really tragic. That's sad. And then goes back another time with, like, a ranger or maybe a reporter or something to look for the dog. And when they go back, the moose was there again, so they, like, take off. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, this article that I read just like ended on that note. And so I like did, I had to do a deep dive and look up this lady and everything. And turns out a couple days later, they found the dog. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Good. So they were united. Um, she set like live traps all over the place. And one of her live traps caught the dog. Caught. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's um, an obedient dog. It's yeah. an Alaskan it's a woman. Very, yeah, very Alaskan thing to do. Exactly. <laughs> Told that dog to go away, and it was like, "Fine, I'm out of here." Yeah, forever. Yeah, totally. I'm Most dogs would it. like <laughs> keep fighting, and honestly, like that was really smart of Catherine to do that because it just would have agitated that moose even yeah. more. You think the moose recognized her when she came back? Just they, like this honestly, chick who, again. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> you didn't <laughs> learn like, your round, lesson. Rubs its hooves yeah. together. It's like, oh, round two. Um, okay, so. These women were pretty lucky. Moose attacks can be much worse than that. While I was doing research for this yeah, episode. Yeah, they didn't even get eaten at all. Yeah, they don't really eat people. No? No. What would happen? Uh, what do you mean? If a moose ate someone. It doesn't. It can't. It's like not. <laughs> they just don't have the ability to do that. But great was question. the laceration on the butt from a chomp or from a, from a hoof? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't trying to eat it. No. So it can be a lot worse. I found... Um, I know that was like not a real question. I answered it like it was. Uh, I found this paper that was in the Journal of Forensic Sciences. It was really interesting to me. This was like a really interesting story. So they f- there was this woman that they found in this. Uh, she was in her 60s in Sweden. I can't remember what year this was, but they found her dead. And she's down by the lake. And when they found her, she had like lacerations all over her body, really bad ones. Like in this paper, it showed the actual like lacerations on her legs and it was just like muscle like Ugh. everything was exposed and her she was like it looked like she had been cut up and dumped because those can be pretty sharp they can be really oh, sharp. i'm spoiling you st- no 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 okay. you're not and when they have that much power behind them they cut into you so she had been dumped and the detectives ruled it a homicide and and the crazy thing is they their main suspect they thought this guy had killed her with a riding lawnmower like that's how messed up she was. Whoa, wow. So they ruled it homicide with a riding lawnmower. And they and part of the <laughs> the justification for that was there was grass like embedded so deeply into these cuts oh, that they, that was their mindset of like these blades on the lawnmower left grass in her cuts. But as they did more and more research, they found hair way into these cuts as well and they pulled it out and they did analysis on it and like guess what? It was moose hair. This woman had been killed by a moose. And her actual cause of death was what's called flail chest. Do either of you know what flail chest is? So they didn't like think the moose was driving the lawnmower. They knew that the moose had just <laughs> trampled like, them. Yeah. One of the detectives <laughs> is like, so the moose was doing the lawnmower. <laughs> the other detective's like, mm. uh, no. So have you guys heard of flail chest before? Never. This was a new one for me. I'd never heard of it either. Uh, flail chest is when your ribs get broken to an extent to where the broken chunk pops off. So an actual section of your ribs becomes detached and then it like punctures your lung or where does, does it does go? All sorts of, that's the, like, that's the bad thing is as you try and breathe with flail chest, um, there's this weird effect to where as you breathe in, it sucks the wind out of you. So you have to like do this weird backwards breathing Mm. And it just ends up killing you. It can be like a really, it, it hurts your lungs. It does all sorts. Of probably takes a while. Yeah, it too. sounds like a terrible way to it's die. It's a terrible way to die. And that's what ended up happening to this lady is her ribs got so broken by this moose that part of them disconnected and she got flail chest. Man. 
Uh, this woman also did have her dog with her, um, and they think the dog probably provoked the moose. Interesting. Yeah. Dogs. It's not a good combo with moose. If you're in like really good moose country or if you think a moose is around, leash your dog. Yeah. Uh, you don't want Bear it chasing spray, right? a moose. Yeah, we're going to get into what you should actually do with like a moose attack, but don't let your dog run and chase moose. Cause no dog and bring a bra. Even if that moose is really far away and you're like, oh... <laughs> You're, you know, my dog's out there chasing a moose. Who cares? That moose gets pissed enough at your dog and chases it back to you. Suddenly yeah. you have a moose right next to you because your dog brought it back to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my last tiny moose story, moose attack story. Uh, another one I found was a guy in Red Lodge, Montana in 1999. He was attacked by a moose. They're not totally, they just found this guy dead. So they're not exactly sure what happened, but, um, an antler, one of the moose's antlers went through his eye and into his brain. Wow. And that's how he died. And how it was a tiny moose? No, it was a, it was a big moose. Oh, one of his you ant- said it was a tiny moose story. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, tiny story, full-size moose. Oh, I got it. Uh, tine, tiny is actually funny because this antler, like antlers, branches are called tines. Oh, really? So the tine <laughs> oh, went wow. to his eye and got his Triple layer joke. So it is a tiny story. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, man. That's I'll, crazy. Yeah, it was a pretty wild one. Uh, I wish there's more details, but that was all there was, so it couldn't really fill up a whole Their antlers like, aren't even story. that sharp, right? It just has a they lot can, of force. Like, they have these really big like paddle antlers. You know, like They're not like elk where they're all just in points, but on those paddles, sometimes the tines get pretty pointy. Okay, so a little bit more about moose. They don't have upper front teeth, and they have a really flexible, sensitive lip, and they use that lip to actually like differentiate between food sources, and then to like strip bark off trees and leaves off of branches and stuff. So they have it's almost prehensile. It's like very, wow. very, very sensitive and flexible. That's cool. Yeah. Um, a couple more things. So in North America, we actually have four different subspecies of moose. Um, we have, let's see, we have Alaskan moose in Alaska. So that's what these ladies ran into. Uh, we have Northwestern moose, which you're going to find throughout Canada. Um, and then that's the moose species that you'll have in like the Great Lakes states. We have Eastern moose. So those are the ones you're going to have in like the Northeastern United States and New England. And then we have Shearus moose. And that's what you have in like Montana, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Utah. Um, those all states. through the western states through the rockies much. and the pacific northwest okay. but they're not in like new mexico or arizona or any of those places or california so those are the four subspecies that we have in the u.s and then throughout the world you also have moose in like scandinavia you have moose throughout russia and then there's a couple other countries like Mongolia has a few, China has a few. So um, it sounds like a northern hemisphere, Eastern Europe. Yeah, pretty much throughout the boreal forest throughout the world, you're okay. going to have moose. How? What? What are the differentiating factors between the subspecies? Are they pretty like vast the Alaskan or? ones are the biggest of the okay. of the four subspecies they're eating that we have? Salmon, like yeah. the bears, <laughs> not necessarily. They're not eating salmon. Why would they be bigger? I don't know exactly why they're bigger. Um, for some reason, those ones just genetically. Have, become bigger um they're not they look pretty much all like the same animal i'm sure there's a moose biologist out there right now that's like no they don't Mm. but to the lay person that's not a moose specialist they're gonna look pretty much the same moose we saw in the middle of the road in canada 
That thing was so big. In Canada. When was this? When me, you, and oh, Rob yeah, yeah, were yeah. driving to yeah. Alaska. Yeah. That, that was, was like the big biggest moose I've ever yeah. seen. And they're, they're big enough sometimes that they'll like ram cars and it stuff. It was way bigger than our car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So large, healthy adult moose don't really have many natural predators. Things that can kill them are more tigers, which are kind of our number one predator that are terrestrial predators wolves and brown bears a pack of wolves can take down a healthy adult moose and a big brown bear can too but they're not necessarily targeting big healthy adults they're wolves mostly get a lot of moose in the winter right because yeah. like, they can't run as fast through the snow mm-hmm. but even wolves are looking for like sick injured older younger moose they're not necessarily going for like a big healthy adult male that being said they can do it they can okay. pull it off um Black bears and cougars will kill calves sometimes. Swimming moose have been killed by killer whales. And then there's one recorded instance of one being killed by a Greenland shark, which is a really rare shark species that lives up in the Arctic. Yeah, I've seen those. They can live to be like 400 years old. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, I think the Sage longest way. like living vertebrate that people know of is a Greenland shark. It lived like 400 years old. If you like, see a picture of one too, you're like, that's what a 400-year-old shark would yeah, look like. They're, they're cool. Ancient. <laughs> they're really cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, it, to me, it was really interesting learning about that, too, that, like, a killer whale would kill a moose, but that they don't kill people. Like, that, yeah. you know, that it sees a moose swimming around, and they're like, this is food, and they see people, and they don't still don't kill them. That is really weird. So moose attacks, uh, they, they're more than bears and wolves combined. There's more moose attacks than bear and wolf attacks combined. Huh. But the results are generally pretty minor. People don't often get like sustained, big sustained injuries from from moose. It's usually like they get kicked once or twice and the moose is done. Neutralize the threat and then they're gone. Yeah, or just like they're pissed at them, kick them once or twice and then they run off. So if you see a moose in the wild, uh, we're going to get into what you should actually do if you are charged. But something you should look for like with an aggressive or defensive moose they're going to look like right into your eyes. If there's prolonged eye contact, like if they're tracking you with their eyes, that's the first thing you should look for. Then if it lowers its head and puts its ears back, that's the second thing. And then if its hair pops up on its neck and its hackles, which is like around the shoulders kind of, like if it does that, you're about to get charged. Mm. Um, my first time that I got charged by a moose, it put its head down and its and its ears back, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in some trouble here." And I was really close to it; I could feel it breathing. Um, the second time, Jeff got to watch the whole. thing. How did it charge you if you were that close? It just took a couple steps towards me really quick. I say charged; it really didn't. That one wasn't like a full-on charge. It was more like I stepped down right in between it and its calf. Mm-hmm. It stood up, turned towards me, and took a couple quick steps. Nice, and then luckily decided not to keep going um you are pretty imposing i understand where that moose is <laughs> this is when from. i was like 18 too and i was just like <laughs> oh please no um and then the second time i was out fishing on a little peninsula i had a big trout on and the moose like ran out on the peninsula chasing me whoa yeah and jeff <laughs> that saw that from cool. the other side of the lake yeah i was watching it is awesome yeah so uh a couple really interesting things i learned about moose so in sweden in the late 18th century there was a big debate about the idea of using moose as a domestic animal. And then they were talking about using them as like a postal service animal, like that they would ride to to pass out letters. I don't know like where this idea came from yeah. or why, but there was a big debate about whether or not they should domesticate moose 
for their postal service people to ride around. <laughs> and then they also were talking about developing a moose mounted cavalry for like battles and stuff. See, yeah, um, that's sweet. Yeah. Like pretty cool idea. Yeah. Would have been really cool if they followed they through with it. Aren't, like they, you can domesticate them fairly easy, right? So that's another thing that I want to talk about. It, like right before world war two, the Soviet union decided they were going to domesticate some moose and they created this moose farm in some like tiny village and they did this small scale domestication program where pretty much they would just breed moose that were not as angry as the other ones. Yeah. So whenever a moose showed good qualities, they'd breed those ones together. And after a few generations, they had like some really tame moose, um, but they didn't end up really doing much with them. So mm -hmm. there's this moose farm. I think it still exists somewhere in Russia where they sell like moose milk and like you can go visit and it's like this farm that you can come see these tame moose but they haven't really done much with it it's just kind of there interesting that's yeah. cool yeah it'd be pretty cool to just like be able to go on a moose ride instead of a horse yeah. ride yeah like through the hills or something it would and it would be like pretty intimidating if you went to battle with sweden in the late 18th century and they're just they, all on like, moose all are mounted on moose <laughs> yeah. and like right into battle I yeah. said mooses. I know it's just moose. moose. Yeah, whatever. It's Meese. kind of one of those tricky ones. It yeah. is. I've almost said it a couple of times this this podcast. Okay, so that's pretty much what I've got for moose. Um, you guys got any questions about moose? No. I'm fresh out of questions. Okay, we'll get into our categories then. All um, right. Yes. Should we do our pop culture moose? Do you guys have any? Uh, I do. I just was going to do a favorite moose. Okay. Do yeah. your favorite moose. My favorite moose was the one I watched charge you. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, Mike, Mike, you got a favorite moose? Yeah, so first I we got to give a shout out to Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle's I think we need to just moose. bring it up. But my favorite moose are the two moose brothers from Brother Bear. Yeah. Which is I a totally underrated movie. That is an underrated movie. Yeah. But, That's a good uh, movie. Especially Rut, but Rut and Took, the two moose brothers. Okay. Because they're like a direct kind of, they pay homage to another couple of brothers from one of my favorite movies of all time, the McKenzie brothers from Strange Brew. Okay. Uh, and I just think they're so Oh, funny. yeah, they had like Canadian yeah, accents. Yeah, totally Canadian yeah. mannerisms and speech. What's yours? Uh, mine, so uh, when Teddy Roosevelt first ran for president, he ran on a different party from the Democrats and Republicans. I think it's the last time that a third party yeah, the bull moose. won the yeah, and it was the Progressive Party, and there was a moose that was their like like their mascot because you know the other ones have an elephant and a donkey, so theirs was a moose. And there's all these photos out there of Teddy Roosevelt like riding a moose, and there's this really famous one of him in the water riding a moose, and I always thought it was like the coolest photo. But then as I was looking into it for this, I learned that it's like the first Photoshop like ever, probably. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I'm sure there was some before that. Whoa. But these dudes that were like on his campaign cut out a photo of him riding a horse, put him on a photo of a moose, and then like, I don't know what they did to print it, but <laughs> they awesome. like printed it that way. Yeah. And so it was a fake, but I really like that photo. So that's my favorite moose. I'll give a pop culture shout out to the moose in the book Hatchet because okay. I really liked that book yeah. as a kid. Yeah, and that that's moose a great was book. like the best part of the book to me when it attacks him. Yeah. Okay. So let's do our Mike. You want to do our cage match category? Yeah. Let's do the cage match. This is where we talk about uh, how the moose would stack up in a fight. 
uh, a caged environment fight against all the other animals we've talked about on the podcast so far. This one's yeah, interesting. But... It is interesting. This is a good one because yeah. this is like one of our first animal that's like prey, you know, for some of our but other it's got animals. Some real weight to it. Yeah, but it's not like easy prey. Um, so, like I mentioned, an Amur tiger can take down a moose. On I its think own. it could take out the chimpanzee. Yeah, it can take out the chimpanzee. The moose could, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The weenie python. So yeah, I think it python. could take out the pythons. I and a python wouldn't attack a moose because it's way too big for it. Uh, a singular wolf, it would take black but not bear. A pack. Yeah, it could, a, a full in black this category bear versus moose. What we what usually would win. what we usually do is look at our biggest example of both, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest moose could easily kill the biggest black bear. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, the ones that have a shot against the moose are are a moor tiger, our polar bear. Our brown bear or grizzly, grizzly. bear, um, our killer whale or orca. The hippo will the take it out. Hippo, great white. Yeah, um, and the great white probably you know if it's in the water, great white's <laughs> taking it out, and moose do do go in the water, so I think we can count that. But it would it would be it could take out the cougar, the wolf, chimpanzee, alligator, python, alligator. Yeah. Um, the most impressive is that it would beat the black bear to me. The black bear. And it could probably beat a grizzly, right? It's just like most of the time it will lose. Yeah, that's a good fight. It's a really good fight. Okay. Um, the, like the only ones that I, of our mammals, the only ones that I'm like pretty confident are winning are the tiger and the hippo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah, it's actually yeah. an interesting cage match. This cage match is getting harder. We've done a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah true. That's yeah. a good one. Okay, so our next category is what would Mike and Jeff do if they encountered an aggressive or a defensive moose in the wild? I can start us off. So I was thinking Star Wars. As um, always. Yeah. What it, I forget what they're called. The the walkers, the huge like the at, or ATATs. They kind of have a moose shape. Moose are like True. real top heavy, big knobbly legs okay. with like kind of skinny yeah. legs compared yeah. to their body. Okay, so like, you oh, get, I know where you're going with this. Oh yeah, everyone does. Yeah, I'm sure. Wing. You tie a rope around their legs, trip them, they fall on their face. Okay, and it's done. Yeah. So you're just running around it real quick. Running around the legs with a rope, and then it'll trip on its face. All right, Mike. So you said moose are typically thought to be nearsighted. Yeah. So I, I guess if you notice it soon enough, just uh, retain as much distance as you can and kind of obfuscate yourself in the trees somehow. Maybe even climb one if you can, because it seems like a moose probably wouldn't be able to climb a tree. Perfect. So for once, Mike's really close to the yes. actual answer. <laughs> uh, Jeff, yours, I think if you like, I just feel like Animals are always better at everything than us, mostly, except for, like, intelligence. So yours is smart, but I don't think you would be agile and fast enough to get that rope around its yeah, legs. Yeah, i need, like, a lasso it or something. You. Yeah, you could maybe lasso a moose. Unless you're in the A-wing, like, in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Flying around or if you're in, like, an ATV, like, ripping <laughs> Oh, the ATV. Yeah. ATV. yeah, there you go. Um, so, Mike, what you said, for all those of you out there that are really, you know, that want to know what you do if you run into moose, this is one of the animals that we're talking about that you have a pretty high chance of running into if you live in any of those states that we talked about or countries. Um, if you see a moose, if you're out hiking and you see a moose and, like, say it's on your trail and it's not moving, you got to just wait for it to do its thing. 
you don't want to like approach it and try and scare it off the trail or push it or do anything like that. You want to back up a little bit, just wait for it to leave and then go on your way. If you run, there's gotta be like a time though, where you just give up. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone out there at some point just to be like, okay. So if they've been waiting two hours, you wouldn't like walk up to it. I would try and walk around it. I'm just not, like go way I'm up. never walking up to a moose. It's okay. a bad idea. If you like come upon a moose and you're in like a bad situation where you're close to a moose and there's a chance of it charging you, it's this is probably the first animal we've talked about where running away is actually a really good method. You just want to get away from it. Running away from a moose isn't bad because when you run away, it's like, okay, this thing's not pissing me off anymore. I don't have to defend my calf anymore. And it's not like our predatory animals, potentially predatory animals, where it might trigger that predatory response. It's you're just getting out of there. And when you run away, what you want to do is put something big in between you and the moose. And Mike, you kind of hinted on that, like by getting into the forest, get a big tree in front of you, in between the two of you, get like a snow berm between you, a car, anything that's big. Yo, mama. And you could truly like, yeah. (laughs) Hey. Sorry, you could say sorry to Cindy. You can do, and then you can kind of do that thing where you just even run around that object until the moose like decides it doesn't want to mess with you anymore. And you can actually climb a tree with them too. Uh, They can't climb. You do run the risk of it just parking itself under the tree, and you might be up there for a while. I'll tell my story real quick. Yeah. So I was hiking with three friends, and there is a moose ahead of us, but it was like it's smaller. It's probably like two years old, maybe. Mm And then uh, it would just run like 100 yards ahead on the trail. And then when we would get like 40 yards from it, it would run 100 yards up again. And it just kept doing it until a hiker came from like the other side of the trail. And it was pinned in between us. So then it just like turns around, looks at us and just like sprints straight at us. Yeah. So I like pushed all my friends off the trail into these bushes but then, like, there wasn't any space for me to squeeze off of the trail uh-huh. anymore. And it just ran, like, less than a foot away from me. Yeah. And that, so the exact same thing happened. And it was like a truck had just passed me. Yeah. <laughs> a landing gear had just <laughs> flown right past your ear. The exact same thing happened to me last year where I one got pinched on a trail and ran right by me. And I was in cross-country skis and had no idea what to do. Oh, cool. Yeah. But um, it can happen. And they they kind of know that there's not much out there that messes with them. So you do have to be really careful if you're in moose country. Um, bear spray can work against moose. It's There's not a ton of data out there, but people have sprayed them and it has stopped attacks. Um, so if you, know, if you have a moose coming at you and you have bear spray, get it out, use it. Um, but the main thing, you can run from them and just put a big obstacle in between you and the moose. That's that's kind of the the crux of it. I'm sure there's other little tips out there, but those are the things to remember. Okay, right. so our next category is some listener questions. All right. All right, so we're doing a special listener questions today, and it's going to be from our Patreons. Cool. Okay, so let's start out with Hannah Blank, because we're not going to say name redacted. your full name. We don't want to dox you. Which region or biome has the highest concentration of your favorite animals. Like if you were restricted to one area, where would uh, you be most likely to see the most cool animals? Did you guys, are we all answering this one or? Yeah, let's all answer it. Sure. For me, this is a hard one because the animals in North America are the ones I'm like most familiar with and have like the most connection with. But I think if, 
if I were just to pick any other region, I'd pick this region in India where there's like tigers, lions, leopards, wolves, uh, elephants, rhinos, so much stuff all in India, like tons of reptiles, crocodiles. Like India, India for me is a place that has wildlife that I'm really interested in. There's bears. There's like so many cool things there. So probably for me, it's India. I'd probably go on land. I'd go either Yellowstone or Glacier because mm-hmm. like that's just the places I see the most wildlife that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like bighorn sheep, mountain goats, bears, moose, yeah, uh, bison in Yellowstone. And then um see like in the ocean it's uh sea of cortez in mexico yeah. where there's whale sharks and sea lions and all dolphins that. And, dolphins yeah. mike yeah mine would be aquatic too i'd either do any diving spot kind of in the the hot spots in the caribbean or yeah. down in near cozumel and cancun i'm excited to go diving with you you Dude, live for scuba right i love scuba i'm getting it's certified right now thing. i know yeah. Dude, we gotta plan a cool yeah. trip Hey, thanks for the question, Hannah. That's a great question. My, I, I guess that biome in India would probably be like a jungle, like a dry jungle biome. Yeah. Just so, yeah. Okay. All right. From Miriam. You mentioned something about the size of bird brains in the crow episode. Is the brain to body ratio truly indicative of how smart a species is? Also, what animal has the largest ratio and the smallest? Are they really the dumbest and smartest animals? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Um, it's not truly ind- indicted- indicative of um, of intelligence, the brain-to-body ratio. So if you are just looking at ratio, the one that I think actually has the biggest, like the best ratio is ants. I think their brain-to-body ratio is like one to seven. So their body is seven oh, times wow. bigger than their brain. Mm-hmm. And then the smallest is hippopotamuses, and it's like it's like one to like... 4,000 or something. Uh, it like, makes so much sense or to me. Their brain is like one brain is like 4,000, you know. It but you 4, say it's not indicative of how. So it's not mean. indicative. Um, what some researchers have come up with that's more indicative is this thing called encephalization quotient, which is pretty much like it quantifies that, that relationship, that brain-body ratio um, relative to animals for that same type and size. So pretty much like it's saying like if, you know, a human's brain to body ratio is one to 40, which it is, mm-hmm. and you take an animal that's about the same size as a human yeah, and then you look at its ratio and then you compare them, you know, it's pretty much like putting everything well, at the so same like size. Going back to the crow episode, it's like the smartest birds did have the biggest brains compared to other birds. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so if you're looking at, yeah, if you're kind of like adjusting for size then it matters. But if you're not, then it doesn't necessarily. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we have Clark, and he's asking, he's planning a trip to one of our pla- favorite places. Oh, which one? I'm planning a trip to Yellowstone oh. in mid-July. What is the best place to get, a go- or to get good photographs of grizzly bears in the wild? Great. Um, so, Clark, if you're going to Yellowstone in mid-July... Uh, just so you know, there's going to be a lot of people there. And if you want to see grizzly bears, what you're going to want to do is get out real early. Uh, the best time to see them is like right at dawn or right at dusk. And the two best places in the park to see grizzly bears are both the Hayden Valley and the Lamar Valley. If you drive those valleys dawn and dusk and look for bears, it's a good chance you'll see them. 
look for a bunch of people pulled over taking photos of something. That's the best way to find. Also on social media, Wes, like last year you saw that they were, there's a bear on an, on a carcass carcass that was just staying there. Right. Yeah. So just look and see what's going on in the park. Ask the Rangers. But the if Hayden Valley see, and Lamar Valley are the if best If you places. see like a traffic jam or a bunch of cars pulled over, there's a good chance there's a bear. Yep. All right. From Jenna. Hey, guys. I got a question that's not really a question. I was just wondering your thoughts on Timothy Treadwell. I just watched Grizzly Man for the first time, and I have so many thoughts. I specifically wonder if he did the bears and foxes harm by desensitizing them to people. Yeah. So he definitely did. Um the bear that ended up killing him, you know, they had to kill that bear. So that's one bear at least that he, you know, messed up its life. Uh, we're going to definitely do an episode on Timothy Treadwell, so we'll save some of our feelings about him for that episode. You don't think his problem was just not desensitizing that one bear enough? No. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> he definitely was passionate. He really cared about those bears. His tactics, though, were like not, it wasn't science. It was just a crazy dude trying to get used to bears and um and he ended up paying for it with his life but we're gonna we'll definitely do an episode on timothy okay is that it for questions that's it thanks patreon people uh we love your questions all those of you out there that are not patreon members we are going to be asking for more listener questions here soon so don't worry we will get to yours as well our next category is how are we messing things up for them so as climate change gets worse Something that's happening is there's all these parasites that moose deal with that really cold winters like really keep those parasites down. And as winters aren't becoming as cold, they're having like a big influx in ticks and different parasites that can actually kill moose. So moose numbers have really drastically declined since the 90s, actually, like all over their range, except for the really high Arctic moose populations. They're really starting to lose numbers. And that's because of those parasites. It's because they're interacting more with animals that they didn't necessarily interact with as much, like white-tailed deer. They give them more parasites as well, these weird brain worms and stuff. So there's a lot of disease problems happening with moose that are a direct result of climate change. Sounds Another, like parasites are flourishing, and that's good news for parasites, right? It's great news for parasites. So it's a give and a take, you know? Everything you else. can't have both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if you're a huge, if you're like a parasitologist or something, you're pretty stoked about that. Yeah, global but, um, warming's like, you're all about it. Uh, another thing is just habitat loss, which for pretty much every animal we're going to talk about, that's an issue. So, okay, uh, where can you see them? We've talked about this a lot. You can see moose in pretty much any like riparian area in those states that we talked about. Riparian just means like close to water. Um, so if you find a place that has a lake or a pond or a stream or whatever with big willows and you're in Utah, Montana, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, um, Idaho, Alaska, Canada, and then a bunch of places in Europe and Asia, you can probably find a moose. Mike, we're going to we're going to show you. We're going to go find some moose yeah, for let's you. Let's go. Okay. Moose hunt, not moose hunting, no, but yeah. moose hunting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you, you're really good at finding moose. I feel like every time I go somewhere with you, we see moose. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty, yeah. I got it down. Yeah. You got an eye for moose, and I think they're just attracted to you. Um, Ooh. <laughs> that's cool. Do we like this animal? I'll go first. I really like moose. I, I did, after my first and second run-ins with them, I had a few years where I was pretty scared of moose. Like, I was... They're the one animal that I think I was like nervous about. I shouldn't say scared, but I had like a really healthy respect for them. 
anymore, I don't really worry about them. Um, they're beautiful. And I think like, I love seeing them. Like I get really excited every, I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of moose and I still get excited every time I see them. So I really like them. Yeah. I, I love moose, especially in this case, like male moose, like just a big bull moose with the antlers are just so cool to see. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to put it probably at like 49. Yeah. I think mine would be in like the thirties or forties. Yeah. Of all the animals we've talked about so far on the podcast, they're, they're approaching top five for me. I, I like really? moose quite a bit. Dude, maybe we gotta find quite. you some moose. I know moose are cool. I like moose a lot. I don't. Yeah. We don't have to go into. I like. I think I like your your like the way that you're doing this by just looking at animals in the podcast. I might start doing that okay. as well. Yeah, and I didn't think as hard as I usually do about yeah. this. Yeah, uh, this time around, they're top five for you though. Close. Okay. I wouldn't say not quite, but you know, six, yeah. seven, eight range. I don't think I really got to this, but. They can run like 35 miles per hour. They're pretty agile. They can dive underwater. Like they're they're a pretty agile animal. You think they could do one of those agility runs that the dog contests do where they like <laughs> weave in and out of the Probably things not. and run through the tunnels? It'd be pretty cool to see. What what if you got like a full-size moose in a horse race? <laughs> I, think, I think that's about as fast as horses run too. It's a good question. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, that's it for moose. Moose. Mooses. Uh, so <laughs> I was going to give a little tease to, we're going to do a Patreon episode that I'm leading and it's going to be about an attack from an animal that's been in movies. And then we're going to give our five favorite animals and movies that you want to bring up. So our top fives and just to give a little teaser for it, we're going to each give one that didn't quite make the cut. All right. So. I'll I'll start us off. I'm going Lola Bunny from Space Jam. Hot. That's, uh, that's definitely the hottest she, one. <laughs> she's hot for a cartoon, but mm-hmm. then when you like factor in that she's also a rabbit, very yeah. hot for those qualifications. So you think it makes her even hotter that she's a rabbit? No, I'm just saying like if you're going to have a <laughs> More cartoon that rabbit. Yeah. That's like the very peak for hotness. Yeah, I will. And then <laughs> I'll agree with you. She's really good at dribbling a basketball. Yeah, super good. Can dunk. I mean, the hottest like cons thing can is be is she's, confident. She's kind of a tease. That's she's her only con. Also really. a rabbit. I think that's a is pro. the big con for me. I think it's a pro. Yeah, you like the. She's confident. Hard to get. You know, she's like making bugs work for it like, <laughs> all right she's Wes, kind of a femme fatale. give us yeah. give us your number six uh I, my number six i'm gonna go with the oliphants from lord of the rings oh wow <laughs> uh samwise action coming in yeah samwise gets real happy to see him and like says you know that's like his dream the, what yeah. does he say would anyone back in something believe this <laughs> yeah um brandy buck or and something. then also when they come into the battle and they have like all the spikes on them and stuff like Return of the King for me, I don't know where it's probably my least favorite of the three, but I still really love it. But that's the scene that if I'm like sleeping during that scene, I'm always bummed that I missed it. Miss that one because yeah. it's such a good scene when the Oliphants come in and just like knock all the riders of Rohan off their horses. All right, Mike. Those are some six. some good ones. These are just the honorable mentions. Yeah, this is an mind. honorable mention. And yeah. you saw how worked up Jeff got. But so my number six, <laughs> the one I had to leave off, and this one kills me, and it's a little bit in the same vein as what Jeff was talking about, is uh, Tanya Mouskovitz from 
Five Goes West. Specifically, oh. Five Goes West. Oh, that's okay. a it's great the movie. first female character, regardless of species, uh-huh. that I remember acknowledging to myself that I was developing like a crush on. <laughs> this is my first romantic interest, oh, I think, that's ever. So funny. But I I know Tanya isn't like the most mainstream of what's eventually become the furry community. I think Lolo is really what kickstarted that whole scene. <laughs> but Tanya has always been a uh, special Lola. place in your heart. When she's doing the she opens up her voice and finally sings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking her up because I can't remember what she <laughs> She's a dweeby little mouse. Honestly. Oh, it's so funny that this is your first crush. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Anyone out there that's listening to this, please look up Tanya Mouskowitz <laughs> to get a better peek at it. It's just like spring. a homely little mouse. Yeah, there's like... No, but I remember, like I kind of know where you're coming yeah. from. All right, well, if you want to listen to that, sorry, but you're going to have to sign up for the Patreon. Yep. Yeah. But just so you guys know, it does really help us out. Yeah, it's the the uh, Grizzly and Amur Tiger tiers are where you get access to the mini episodes. So that's our ten dollar and our twenty dollar tier. Like Jeff was saying, it really helps, and they're fun little episodes. Like I really liked our last one a lot. Um, they get posted every other week, so you'll get a main episode on the main feed, which is free to everybody. Yeah, and then the mini episodes are for those patrons only that totally. subscribe. And our our main episodes like our our ones on the other feed are always going to be free. Don't worry about that. Like they'll always be free. Yeah. Those it's mini episodes bonus. are bonuses for people that feel like helping us out a little bit. Yep. All right, cool. I think we got one more thing. Mike, uh do you want to read off the list of our new patrons really Yes, quick? I do. This was we're overwhelmed. We've yeah. gotten so much support and I don't know if any of us were really expecting this, but the new patrons that we have received since our previous episode this is going to be a long list so bear with us and uh i wish we could spend more time shouting each one of you individually out but we have hannah thank you heidi lucas morgan michelle lynette miriam Anne, olivia carrie jocelyn jenna clark matt and beth jamie kayla megan Ulysses, Andrew, Nadej, I think is how you pronounce that, Laura, Kelly, Peyton, Tracy, Lauren, and Emily. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. That's really honestly helpful. incredible. Thank you. Every cent that you do, you you donate, I guess, is what goes you call to it. Charity. It goes to candy. <laughs> it goes. <laughs> it on, it goes back it. into making the podcast better. Yeah, it does. You know? Eventually, hopefully, we can make this a full time thing, and you guys are really really making that a reality that we can see happening in the future so thank you thanks guys thank you uh we'll talk to you later bye whether you're in a relationship single or recently heartbroken you could be navigating some tough stuff And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.